greatness of the power that you've given towards us, Father. We thank you for it in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. All right, cool. How's everybody doing? Fantastic. So we've, uh, we've got a few minutes here, so we're going to burn them up pretty quick. I don't know what I'm going to do just yet, but I'm sure that the Holy Spirit knows exactly what we're going to do, so we're going to do that. Uh, anyhow, so let's go to, uh, let's think about, let's back up a little bit. We've been talking about identity, and as I start every time, I try to say, you know, that your identity is something that makes you identical to something, which means that it's the same. You've heard of identical twins, you know, they look exactly the same. Uh, They come across exactly the same. They talk the same way. They feel the same way. They look the same way. They smell the same way. It's just identical. So whenever we start talking about identity and your identity in Christ and who you are, you start to find out in this process, that you are the same as him, that that's what God has done. God has made us the same as Jesus, that we find our identity and our, our, who we are completely and totally in him. We find out that in him we live and move and have our being, as the scripture says, that everything that we are is him and everything that he is is found in us. He put everything that he has and everything that he is in us. The Bible says in first, uh, first Corinthians chapter 6, verse 17, any man be joined with Christ, he's one spirit. They are one spirit, which means uh, some, of the, some of the translations say you're one spirit with him, which means that you and him are the same. And so whenever we start talking about and and looking at our identity, we find out, hey, we're the same as Christ. But that's not the end of it. The next step is, is that we must find out and see and realize that whenever we are in Christ or engrafted into Christ, that the Holy Spirit comes to play a part in that thing where the Holy Spirit moves in and he seals the relationship and seals the, the, uh, the, the grafting, if you will, between us and Christ and the spot where the branch gets in the vine. In that spot, the Holy Spirit comes in and clenches in and seals that spot. Part of his process, part of his, his uh, work is to seal that spot. But not only does he seal the relationship, he also begins to reveal unto us the fullness of the relationship and who we are, what we can have, and what we can do. And all of a sudden, whenever you are baptized in the Holy Spirit, all of a sudden, whenever you realize that, that, that the Spirit of God lives in you and, the, and, and, and you allow his fullness to come out of you, this thing starts to make a whole lot of sense. And, and, we, and we start to utilize this as our passport if you will, in the spirit realm, that we start to say, okay, this is who I am in the spirit realm, this is what I can do in the spirit realm, and this is what I can have in the spirit realm. And we get there, and and our understanding of that is found in and by the Holy Spirit. So I guess this morning we're going to continue to talk about the Holy Spirit as a revealer for the time that we've got left this morning. And, uh, you know, I really, 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 really wanted to get into some deeper things and some deeper issues of our identity, but we'll kind of get cranked up and just kind of see where we landed this morning. Anyhow, so the Holy Spirit, Jesus said, I'm going to go. Let me pull up the scripture real quick. It's John chapter, I'll get there in a minute, y'all, just bear with me. John chapter 16, let's do that. Uh, John chapter 16, verse 12, it says, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. See, Jesus had a lot of stuff that he wanted to tell us, but he couldn't tell us because it wasn't time for us to hear it. Why couldn't we hear it? Because we didn't have the Holy Spirit. You know, the Holy Spirit had not been released into the world. So everything that would have said, everybody would have looked at it and go, huh? That's the reason why a lot of folks do that in church. You know, you go to church and stuff is kind of weird in church and you hear people say, it's kind of contradictory. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense. The whole, huh, moment, it's the lack of the Holy Spirit, who's the revealer of everything and, and the one that leads us and guides us in all truth and helps us make sense of the whole world and how we operate in it. We're missing that part. So that's the reason why Christians come across sometimes with the, huh? 
you know, anyway, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. However, when he, talking about the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. He will tell you things to come. Come, he will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I say that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. The Holy Ghost is there simply to declare to you everything that God put in Jesus on your account. His his process is to say, this is what you have, this is who you are, and this is what you can do. And all of that is rooted and grounded in the activity that Jesus stepped through and went through when he was on the cross, death, burial, and resurrection. It's the thing we call the gospel. See, we have to find out, and the deeper you go in this, you really start to realize, you know, when your identity, and you're really starting to dig into what happened in the process of the gospel. The gospel is not, you get to go to heaven one day. That's not the gospel. That's not the good news. It is good news, but the good news is so much more than just the process of going to heaven. That's why so many Christians today find themselves in an identity crisis is because they don't understand what true salvation is. They don't understand what true righteousness is. They don't understand what God really did in Jesus. They think that all they get is a ticket to heaven. And why is it that we're stuck in that spot? We're stuck in that spot because those that have the identity crisis are the ones that have not accepted the help and the aid of the Holy Spirit who is there to teach us all things that God put in Jesus. And so the confusion leaves as soon as we step over into our relationship with the Holy Spirit. You're not confused on who you are anymore. You can see clearly now. And you can find out, hey, you know what? It's more than me just going to heaven. The gospel is so much more. Your salvation is so much more than just a ticket to the pearly gates. There's so much more of an experience out here. There's healing, health, prosperity, wealth. There's all these little... These little benefits that are attached. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that's within me. Bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of His benefits. Psalm 103. David said whenever he was writing Psalms, he said, Look, bless the Lord, my soul, and don't forget every benefit that we find in God. So much more than just a walk through life to just get to heaven one day. And don't get me wrong, heaven's going to be a great place and we're all going to love it and we're going to have a good time and we're going to, we're going to grill out and I'll have ribs at my place, you know, just, I'm a, my, I got a mansion up there, they built one the day I got saved. Just like yours, and my mansion's up there, y'all come, hang out, we're going to swim, we're going to, we're going to grill, we're going to have a good old time. But, I'm here today. I'm not in heaven today. I'm on earth today. Heaven is my home and I am going there, but I got a job to do here right now in the, in the now. And I find my job and who I am and what I'm supposed to be. I find that in my identity in Christ. And the only way for me to dig into that thing and completely understand it is with the aid and the help of the Holy Ghost. Is this tracking? The Holy Ghost. He is a person. He's not a thing. He's not an it. He's not a feeling. He's not tongues. And he's not goosebumps. Okay? These are all experiences that we go through when we tap into the eternal. When we tap into him. These are things that we experience and go through here in the natural. But that is not what he is. He is, the Bible calls him, the comforter. 
Now, the word comforter has been just really messed up over time because right now a comforter is something that you buy to put on your bed. Right? In 2021, what's a comforter? It's the thing you put on your bed. Am I wrong or am I right? You go to JCPenney and you buy one. That's what you do. Go get a comforter. And a duvet, you know, where you put the little, you know, what I'm talking Is it duvet? Is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, it's, and it's, got, it's got goose feathers in it. And it's real comfortable. So we just get it. And whenever we think com- comforter, that's what we think. But in reality, when this was penned and written, the term meant so much more than what it means to us today in our modern vernacular. The term was actually derived from the Greek parakletos. The paraclete, which means partly comforter, but it means more importantly someone called to one side. That the Holy Spirit is here to be at our side. He's been called to our side. And what does he do when he gets to our side? The Holy Spirit, I mean, he's, he's just, he's so awesome. I don't understand what. William Barclay. Anybody know who William Barclay is? Raise your hand. Charles's brother. No, no. Uh-uh. So... Yeah, Chuck's dad. (laughs) William Barclay wrote a commentary on the New Testament of 17 volumes. He did it several years ago, and I believe he's already passed. But William Barclay had this to say about the Holy Spirit and the word comforter. It's going to be a minute, so y'all just bear with me, but I think it's worth speaking and talking about. He said, The function of the Holy Spirit is to fill a man with the spirit of power and courage, which would make him able triumphantly to cope with life. So the Spirit of God is sent here, the paraclete is sent here to help you cope with life. God knew it wasn't going to be easy. So he sent you a helper or a comforter and his name is the Holy Spirit. The narrowing of the word comforter has resulted in the undue narrowing of our conception of the work of the Holy Spirit. Parakletos is one who is called in to help in a situation with which a man by himself cannot cope. He's called in to help in a situation that you can't handle on your own. It might be a person called in to give witness in a law of court in someone's favor. He might be an advocate called to plead the cause of someone under a charge which would issue a serious penalty. He might be an expert called in to give advice in some difficult situation. He might be a person called in when, for example, a company or soldiers are depressed and dispirited to put new courage in their minds and hearts. Anybody ever seen Braveheart? This thing is about 4,000 years old. You can't hurt it. Braveheart. Yes? Seen the movie. Sons of Scotland. On the horse. Yeah. You can't take our lives. Or they can't take our lives, but they can't take our freedom. All right. That spot right there, William Wallace was acting as a paraclete to those soldiers. He was helping those soldiers do something that they couldn't cope with and do on their own. So he gave them words of inspiration to help them accomplish a goal. The Holy Spirit is here to give you your word of inspiration 
to help you accomplish a goal that is out there. He is here to reveal to you the Word of God, which is your passport, your identity, your step in the Spirit. This is you in the Spirit, and He reveals whatever part of you that you need in, a, in the process that you're going through to help you cope with what's facing you. He is a comforter. He's here to help us and strengthen us. He's here as our standby. Amen. Let's go to Romans chapter 5. We've got to do this fast. Romans chapter 5. Verse 12, I think. Let me go to it in my Bible so I can see all my little notes. Y'all make notes in your Bibles? Yeah. Like, I got notes in my Bibles from years to, like, help me remember what, you know, a little something, something. Verse 12, this is Romans chapter 5, verse, verse 12. Therefore, just as, through one man, just as through one man sin entered the world, and death through sin, and thus death spread to all men, because all sinned, for unto the law there was, there was in the world, but... But for until the law, sin was in, was in the world, but sin was not imputed to them because there was no law. Excuse me, I'm sorry. I'll get there in a minute. Verse 14, Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those who had not sinned according to the likeness of the transgression of Adam, who is a type of him who was to come. That's talking about Jesus. So Adam was a type or a picture of Jesus to come, the one to come. Verse 15, but the free gift is not like the offense. For if by one man's offense many died, much more the grace of God and the gift of, and, and the gift by the grace of one man, Jesus Christ, abounded to many. And the gift is not like that which came through the one who sinned, for the judgment which came from the one offense resulted in condemnation. But the free gift which came from many offenses resulted in justification. Verse 17, for if by one man's offense, and this is talking about Adam, death reigned through the one, much more those who receive an abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. Therefore, as though one man's offense, as, as through one man's offense, judgment came to all men resulting in condemnation even though through one man's righteous act the free gift came to all men and just resulting in justification of life if you look at second corinthians chapter 5 verse 21 it says he made him talking about god god making jesus he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us that we might become the righteousness of god in christ once you start to realize your identity and let the holy spirit reveal unto you who you are in the spirit you then don't have this identity crisis that the church sends, tends to have to deal with on a daily basis you begin to realize that you are the righteousness of god in christ everything that jesus did he did for you on your account so that you could walk in true true victory of life true victory in life and so the holy spirit is here to reveal those things to us and to show those things to us and help us through life and help us work through life amen and so when we start looking at the um through life and the identity crisis that the church obviously is dealing with you know, not only is the church dealing with it, but we find that our nation is dealing with it. We find that our city is dealing with it. We find that our state is dealing with it. And then we find that us, and you know, as Christians and in our little bitty world that we don't want to talk to anybody about, we're dealing with it as well. You know, 
not knowing who we are? And the answer is so simple. If you allow the Holy Spirit to be the one that's called alongside, to be the one that's called there to help us through life, to be the true comforter, not the duvet with the stuff in it, to be the true comforter, you find out that through that, in him, through him, and by him, you are the righteousness of God. And so now whenever sickness and disease, poverty and lack starts to attack you, you can step back and say, no, I'm sorry, you can't attack me, you can't touch me. Why is that? Because that's not who I am. I've been delivered from that mess. I'm not part of that mess anymore. That mess cannot touch me. I am a new creation in Christ. Old things have passed away. Behold, everything's brand new. Now there's not an identity crisis. Now we start to realize that heaven is a great place to go to and is our home, but that is not the end-all, be-all of being a Christian. We find that we, we can operate and walk through this life victorious, and as Romans chapter 5 just said, we can reign as a king does in this life. And a king simply reigns by saying what things are supposed to be. Queen of England right now, if she wants, if she wants everybody to re- wear purple shirts and black vests every day from now on, all she simply has to do is sit on her throne and say, everybody finna wear a purple shirt and black vest every day from now on. And guess what they're going to do? They're going to wear it. That's how you reign. It works the same way in the, in the spirit realm. We get to say what things are as long as they just line up with this little book right here. Amen. Y'all stand. Father, we come to you. Yes, we are done. We are done today. That's going to be it. Quick. Quick, fast, and in a hurry. Yes. Hallelujah. We thank you, Lord, for your goodness and your mercy. We thank you, Father, that you've given us a word.